0: This is the Grind, Sell and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top tier salesperson and how to elevate the quality of your life. Hi everybody, thanks for joining me on Grind and Elevate. My name's Tizer Evans. Today I've got
1: a real special treat for you. I have Dr. Rob McGrath out of Southern California on the podcast today. Dr. Rob is one of the most physically fit people I've ever talked to, but it's more than just being physically fit. What he helps his clients do is retrain their brain as well so you have better clarity when it comes to business, mentally and physically. He helps you dial in the nutrition, exercise component of a lifestyle. So Dr. Rob and I talk about how to elevate the quality of your life by implementing different types of routines, eating habits, exercise habits, and mindset habits to help you get the most out of yourself. If you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast, drop me a five-star review, leave me a comment, makes it easier for other people to be able to find. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Rob McGrath. All right, everybody. This is Ty on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. I'm here with a special guest today, Dr. Rob McGrath. Rob, how are you?
0: I'm doing well, Ty. It's nice to be here.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time to chat with me today. Um, so I know what you do. You're a doctor, you're a chiropractor, you've been a pro athlete, but for context purposes, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself and a little bit about who you are and uh, where you've been and what you've done?
0: Yeah, man. So I, I kind of have uh, kind of have a storied background. So I grew up in the Northeast uh, was an ice hockey player, went to prep school in the Northeast, and from there went to college for a year, um, signed my first pro contract at age 18, so left college to do that after a year, uh, played two years in the minors, second year was at the Pittsburgh Penguins, that was the first year that they won the cup with Yarmer Yager, and so they didn't need me hanging around, um, so after that I decided to go back to university and uh, got my undergraduate degree, went on to chiropractic university, um, you know, and all the while as an athlete, you continue to train, you continue to push your body. I think you'll always have that, have that in you. Um, after chiropractic school, I went on and I developed one of the largest integrative practices in the United States. Um, we helped thousands of patients uh, without the use of drugs or surgery and uh, unbelievably fulfilling. So um, that all came crashing down in 2016, Um, so I had 15 federal agents run through the front door of my office, uh, was not a good day, Ty. Um, no, no, it was not. So, you know, and it was, uh, it was something that I thought, you know, this is, this is something, this is something I'm going to fight. I'm going to beat this. Um, you don't, um, you don't. So $300,000 later and about uh, $1.5 million in fines, found myself in federal prison for 10 months. Um. And ultimately, I didn't lose my licenses from that. Um, I was a secondary owner in the business. Um, But it was time to reinvent. So I I went back to the thing that I've always done, um, which is working with people and helping with people. And I've always been an athlete and trained my body and my mind. So really, that's what I do now. I work with um, men, some women, primarily men, uh, really to get them in the best shape of their life lives, um, through nutrition, through the training and through mindset, um, and help them overcome adversities. So similar to myself. And, and when I found myself in the very worst situation possible, which whatever you think prison is, it's worse. Um, kind of thrived. And the reason I thrived is because I fell back on those, those good daily habits, which is the same thing that I do now every single day. So that's what I do, man.
1: Well, th- thanks for uh, sharing all of that and just putting it all out there right away. Yeah, man, I'm an open book. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate that. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Grind Sell Elevate. This is Ty. I'm excited to announce to you a new partnership I've made with Design Hill Marketplaces. If you're unfamiliar with Design Hill, it's a great place and business where you can go link up with creatives. So if you're looking to have a logo done, a website built, a landing page built, a funnel built, you need a t-shirt design. If you're part of a nonprofit and you've got an upcoming... Contest where you've got upcoming raffle to be able to help you with creative ideas. Again, whether that's designing a t-shirt, towels, giveaways, whatever it is, you can go link up with the creative at designhill.com. So it's a wonderful marketplace for all the grind sell elevate listeners. They're giving all kinds of different discounts, which you can find in the show notes. I believe that there's three. Um, so make sure you go check out. They also are great, they do monthly events. I've been a part of too, where you can get education on marketing podcasting, logo, uh, business tips, selling tips, uh, incredible all-in-one-stop shop for anything when it comes to design. Design Hill is the marketplace you need to go check out. And again, if you're a listener of Grind, Sell, Elevate, you get special exclusive discounts you can't find anywhere else. So scroll down to the notes if you're listening to this um, on a podcast and take advantage of getting a discount on your first logo website or landing page. You know, I, I, I follow you now on Instagram. Um, I love, I, I love that you kind of, you track, you know, when you wake up in the morning, your meal regimen, kind of what you're doing for workouts. You you, you put it all out there yeah. really, which is, which is incredible. Um, but I got to ask, man, the three thirty wake up time is, is yeah. Is, I get up early Three thirty is, go.
0: Is you know, daunting. I got a message from you this morning when I was in the gym, so I know what time you're up.
1: Yeah. So, uh, why three thirty? Why is that important to you? And what does that kind of help start
0: it do for your mindset right away? So, you know, for, for centuries, people have been going on these journeys. Um, so where it's isolation, um, periods of fasting and long treks. And it's really about, self-discovery so we can't do that now but the periods of isolation um that's the early morning wake-up call so you know as a dad once the troops rally all bets are off man like it's just everything goes to hell uh, so that's why i'm up at 330 and and it's it's a challenge you know because if you if you look at the science and they say as we age you know we should have a certain amount of sleep. I average probably five hours, maybe six hours on a good night. I don't nap during the day, just busy life takes over. I have a five-year-old you know, So you get it with the yep. kids. So, it, you know, the three thirty is something that I, that I stand by, but I, I, I am, what I found is that I am much more productive in doing that with the lack of sleep um, than I would be if I slept until six or seven, um, you know, then, uh, then I can't do those things. And those things really, anchor me into the good habits that i fall back on it's just vitally important for me so you, you
1: well there's two things i want to touch on uh, but the first i'm i'm curious um i'd love to get your take on fasting and yeah. you know a lot of what we're going to talk about today in, in this podcast is really for me why uh, i was really wanted to have rob on is about kind of life optimization you know uh for those watching on youtube you can see rob for those listening the guy is jacked. He's in phenomenal, he's in phenomenal shape. And um, it's, it's really incredible what he does. So I want to get your take on fasting and what your thoughts are good, bad, or indifferent.
0: Yeah. So the, the big intermittent fasting thing that's, that's kind of hot right now, you know, if you think about it from, at least from a physiological standpoint, what happens when you have all that food in your gut and especially as a, as a bodybuilder or someone who trains You know, in the past, you've been conditioned to eat, 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 eat. You have to eat big to get big and make the change. That requires a lot of energy with your system. So the biggest thing, one of the biggest benefits that I think that that you can get from intermittent fasting is just a a brief period where you let your system calm down. There's nothing going on there. You can divert all that blood flow to other areas, which in and of itself is a great thing. Um, Overall, you'll put yourself at a caloric deficit because- Now, if you have a fasting window of 12 to 15 hours, you're only eating now for a certain limited amount of time throughout the course of the day. That can be beneficial calories in calories out. That's how, that's how it works. So if you're eating less, again, you're going to lose some weight. The downside, at least the downside for me is that the only macronutrient our body can't readily store is protein. Mm. So, for you with your training, for me with my training, and I go at it pretty hard, your body can store carbohydrates. Your body certainly stores fat. Where does it store the protein? It does that in the form of of your lean tissue. So when it's in need of that, it starts to catabolize the protein and breaks it down. So that's kind of taking us in the opposite direction. So instead of me, instead of intermittent fasting, I kind of partition my nutrients. So there's, I'm, I'm at a caloric deficit most of the time. Um, but my protein percentages are high, you know, and that depends on the individual. So at least I'm able to gain some lean tissue and lose body fat at the same time.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah my, my, uh, you don't know this, but my wife, uh, well, we, did, you t- I told you my wife was a holistic nutritionist, yeah. but she competed into the bikini fitness shows but you didn't tell me that. Yeah. So she, she's, you know, and she's in the week. Yeah. She's certified yoga instructor. She's a certified trainer, just happens to be interior designer. Um, and, and so I got Good to, to I got to watch her, you know, train and whatnot. And so she's always banging on me like, Hey, you're screwing with your metabolism. If, if you, by doing your fasting, cause for me, I don't do it as like a fad. I just, I think I get brain fog when I eat in the morning. And I feel yeah. like it made me lethargic. And so I just don't like the way that my body feels, but she's like, well, you're, you're slowing down your metabolism by doing so. And so we go back and forth where I'm like, yeah, but I feel better.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I agree with her the whole thing where, you know, people are, um, and your, your basal metabolic rate is what it is. I mean, 70% you get from your parents and you can manipulate, you know, the additional 25 to 30%, depending on what the numbers are. Are. Um, so I, I have to, I, you know, I have to agree with her. And, and because we can't store that protein, at most of the time, you know, with, at least with what I'm trying to accomplish, what I think you're trying to accomplish, with some of the things you shared with me, you know, it's—I don't know that it's the best—that it's the best course of action. It's certainly more convenient. Um, you know, you don't have to feed yourself, uh, and that brain fog. Sometimes, you know, and and this, we could be going down a different path with this. But you know, my, some of my patients and some of my clients that have food intolerances or issues with food, whether they'll talk about chronic gut issues or brain fog, there are specific tests that you can do for that that will eliminate that. One's called an ALCAT test. Um, and a lot of athletes use it just because they want to function at a higher level. So it's a series of blood work that they do. Uh, they send it out to a specific lab and you get back a result of over 350 350 different types of foods, um, binding agents, dyes, specific medications, really, really detailed, uh, and it goes from mild, moderate, and severe reactions. You know if you have an intolerance or an issue with something. The problem typically is in those things that cause the brain fog or, man, I just feel kind of full and not good all the time. You don't know what to tie that to, and that's where some of those tests can be really, really beneficial.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, th- you know, for me, what I've done now to supplement, so when I get home from the gym, um, I, I'm a big fan of First Form, and so I, I, I just I, I make a protein shake, um, like an ISO shake with my coffee inside of it. Yes, so I'm getting the protein right, and I'm kickstart. So we've compromised a little bit, and I and I don't get the brain fog by doing that.
0: Absolutely not. So it's, it's interesting that you said the caffeine. So, the, you know, and the caffeine helps shuttle those nutrients across the cell membrane. So kudos to you. You're on, you're on the right track, man.
1: Oh, good. I just did that. Cause it was more convenient. For right? taste. No,
0: no. So yeah. One of the things that I'll have clients do is, you know, a, a post-workout shake, you want to take in about 100 to 200 milligrams of caffeine with that. Oh, good. Yeah. You're right on the, you're right on the ball, man. <laughs> Great. Uh, perfect you know one of the things too that i
1: I really uh, appreciated um, you're kind enough to send me your ebook um, which I read which was great so thank you for sending that um, but I, I was you really focused a lot on breathing yeah and I think this is really important because so many of us especially we've seen how covid irrespective of what people think of covid the amount of additional stress that it put on our lives and people just didn't really have the mechanisms to be able to deal with it. So I wanted you to talk about breathing and why that's so important.
0: Yeah. I mean, vitally important. you think about what happens if we stop breathing, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But you no, know, it's, it's one of the things that people don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. So, you know, people that are chronic mouth breathers or, you know, from my, my past, hockey days i mean i've had my nose broken three times so it doesn't work all that well it just becomes a little bit easier to breathe out of our mouths and in doing so it's really just not efficient and and there are some there are some breath work guys that are out there i mean that you know they've they've forgotten more than what i'll ever know about breathing so you know brian mckenzie is one of them but it's so vitally important to take in that air through your nose and out through your nose, it's not, you know, the old adage we heard, well, in through your nose, out through your mouth. It's that if you can breathe through your nose the entire time, and that's whether you're training, tie, whether you're walking, always. So, and I'm a little bit of an extremist. I'll sleep with mouth tape. So to condition myself to do that, um, you know, just from a standpoint of what your nose does and your sinuses do to the air when you take it in, so they, it moistens it and it warms it. You don't get that when you just take it in through your mouth, you know, and and intuitively you think, well, you know, I'm I'm dying now, man. I'm on the last mile. Like I'm really sucking at the wind. You know, I can get more going through my mouth. It's not the case. You you might get a little bit more in tidal volume, but it's not being used efficiently. So Mm. through your mouth, not as, um, not as efficient as what we can get through our nose. And it takes some conditioning, which is why I do that with the, with the tape. Um, But, you know, even when I train, when I train my clients, when I'm working with patients, that's one of the things that I try to impress upon them is nose breathing at all times.
1: Yeah, I like that. Well, I think it's important for especially so many of us and a lot of the people are listening to this podcast, you know, that are business salespeople, you're more or less in a sedentary lifestyle. So you're just sitting at your desk. And so I think it'd be great to be cognizant of how you're breathing, and, and how much that will help to alleviate uh, stress by getting different types of blood flow, new oxygen into your body. And is that something you've, you found that will definitely potentially help stress? I mean, is that a, a good practice? Am I hitting the mark a little bit there if you're just yeah, sitting?
0: You really, you really are, man. So, and the three things in that ebook and they all kind of tie in together, walking, breathing, and meditating. So, and, and the things that we can all do, even during even during COVID, I mean, you could focus on those things, and, and the amount of return that you get from that small investment is astronomical. So, you know, just in terms of just in terms of the breath work and how much more oxygen that is going to deliver to your system, breathing through your nose, um, you know, you can you can relate it to productivity at work, or you know, you talked about brain fog. Being alert, I mean, you think about when when you start to become a little bit lethargic and hypoxic and the breaths become a little bit more shallow, when you're having deep, full respiration through your nose and out through your nose, you're, man, you're alert, you're on it. So from a, from a productivity standpoint at work, at your desk, you know, when you're watching numbers all day long and you wanna function at the highest level, I mean, you can't not do that. You're right there. There's no reason why you can't do that. It just takes some concentration. Um, you know, the meditation that, that I talk about in there, the chatter that goes on every day. And we talked about this before we, before we started, you know, about the, the noise on the outside and the kids and the staff and everything. That's, that's chatter that comes at us. And constantly, all day long, you're, you're kind of pushing that away. And when you become a little bit more centered, a little bit more grounded through meditation and through breath work, it's much, it's much easier to, to focus and to focus on the task and eliminate all that chatter. The last portion is the walking, which everyone thinks that you have to do hours and hours and hours of cardio every day to get lean. And man, that is just, I see you chuckle. That is it's just, you know, it's just not the case. You don't have to do that. So in playing the numbers, you know, through non-exercise-activated thermogenesis, you can enhance your basal metabolic rate by 15%. Through exercise, through exercise-activated thermogenesis, that the acronym is NEAT and EAT, so you can't forget it, it's 5%. Mm. So you just play the odds, man. If you'd rather have a 15% chance of winning or 5%, you're going to take the 15 every time. So that's why I tie those three together. And ultimately, when you practice those, It takes your body from a sympathetic state, which is fight or flight. We don't want to exist there. We want parasympathetic state, which is feed or breed. And I I wrote this, like what sounds nicer to you, fighting or running away from something or feeding and breeding? It's just you're much more efficient. Your body works better. You can be more productive when you're in that parasympathetic state. And that's where the breath work comes in. And the meditation and the walking it just it just creates this fat burning machine and you can get a much greater change really with less effort yeah
1: which is re- phenomenal i was blown away when we had that conversation when we chatted on the phone yeah G- going going back to meditation a little bit is this something that you've always done or is this a, a new practice kind of when did you start to implement into into your regimen
0: yeah. So meditation and, and for me, I am probably one of the most challenging things for me. Um, I am a type a highly driven individual. Um, so for me to calm down and, and meditation is not, not your time to ask questions, you know, people associated with prayer. It's not your time to ask questions. It's your time to listen just to be still and just to, to listen, that's been one of the most challenging things for me. And, and on my journey of, of, of self-improvement, um, you know, I've taken some seminars. Um, one was a really, really interesting retreat. It was in Dripping, Stri- Dripping Springs, Texas, of all places. They took our watches, no cell phones. They had us get up at ungodly hours. And the first thing that we did was to meditate. And over the course of the five days, days you get acclimated to it. You start to learn what it does and you look forward to it. and You look forward to the answers and what comes to you. But what's more important is what it allows you to do and how it allows you to function later in the day. And that for me was probably, probably one of the biggest challenges um, for me to wrap my head around that. Like I'm not being productive. Like I have to, I have to be going. Um, And man, what, what you can achieve by doing that that 10 to 20 minutes in the morning, I try to do it twice a day. But at least in the morning, what you can achieve by doing that is well worth well worth the time invested. So uh, after my playing career, when my career in, in academia started, um, is when I really learned to meditate, and I've never stopped. You know, even even through my my stint in federal prison, uh, which was kind of an interesting thing because to try to go somewhere where it's quiet, you, it's nearly impossible. Uh, you know, and there's a constant loudspeaker going off and they're calling people. And uh, but, you know, I found my little place out on the yard, up on a, up on a deck. And and over time, the amazing thing is I had other prisoners coming to me and I taught them how to do it. So it's really just an amazing tool. um, And it, it it helps deal with all of the issues that are going to come to you during the day, because you're going to get them. So the, the, the trick is how do I deal with them more efficiently? And it just helps. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. I heard, I heard a great um, analogy that prayer is when you speak to God and meditation is when God speaks to you.
0: Correct. That not your time to ask questions. It's your time to listen. Um, And you know, the person that, the person that taught me to meditate, which was, which was an amazing thing. I said, you know, like, I just can't get it. I can't get comfortable. I I just, I'm I'm struggling with this. And he knew my personality type. And he said, put a marble in your pocket and lean into it. He said, because there isn't anything that's going to be easy for you. He's like, Mm. you don't want the easy path. Like if you can master that and deal with the difficulty of it, it's just going to benefit your life tenfold down the line. So I've never stopped. Now, one of the things that, that I do, you know, I'm looking across the room at my meditation pillows over in the corner. So 3.30, wake up call. I get up. I meditate. I do my coffee. I do my reading, food. Bam, I'm out the door to the gym.
1: I, I've um, It's been interesting. I, you know, I was one of the few people that in my life, I've, I wouldn't say I've always done it, but my mom's done it since I was – my kid you know i was my kid's age you know yeah. she was she was doing it before it was a, really a, a thing to do so i kind of watched my mom growing up and and she always had this saying like if i'm having a bad day ask me if i meditated I you know me. and, so, that?
0: and
1: so you it's like but mom mom's tripping out it's like hey yeah. did you go sit this morning and and more often than not, she'd be like, no, I didn't. I didn't have yeah. time or I was rushed or I woke up late or whatever it was. It was so I really that was really ingrained into me. And what it's taught me as an adult is to catch myself when I'm having negative thought patterns, to go, yes. oh, okay, ego's talking to me. I'm giving myself information that I don't have to. And 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 this kind of correlated with, I was listening to, I'm part of the Arte syndicate and I was listening to Ed talk last night and he was talking about how we have emotions, but it's up to us to decide whether they're good or bad. And emotion is really in a comment, not a command. Yes. Right. And I think, uh, you know, meditation really helps you kind of have the discerns. Okay. I can acknowledge how I'm feeling, but doesn't have to override my entire system, which a lot of people don't recognize.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And, and, you know, you and I had discussed, I had a recent, a recent move from East coast. We're now out in LA and things are a little bit different out here in California. Um, You know, I often say about, about children, they'll never hear what you say, but they see what you do. So my daughter has seen me meditate several times. Um, You know, and when she does, sometimes she'll come over and she'll sit quietly, doesn't last for long. She tries (laughs) Um, which is, you know, I think about it now, like what a great tool to learn as a child. Um, we don't have anything like that back on the East coast. Um, but here out in LA, wouldn't, you know, like they have children's meditative classes, like, so leave it to California that one of the, one of the great <laughs> things about this, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit different thinking, but yeah, just great for them to learn. I never learned it as a kid. I wish I had.
1: Right, I think they even have. Um, last time I was in LAX, I'm pretty sure they have meditation rooms even in the airport.
0: I'll have to look at that. I haven't seen. I have seen that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm actually headed out there next month, but I'm flying into Orange County. Um, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit too. So you're up early. You know, I, obviously, I can tell you're very disciplined with your. There we go. I broke up a little bit. Uh, Discipline with your eating regimens. You're working with clients all day. You're getting in your um, your exercise, right? So you're doing a lot. And this is something that, you know, being transparent with that I was amazed with watching my wife when she was training the discipline of kind of timing your eating to a degree, right? You know, within a window, she would always eat. How do you manage your time? How does your daily schedule look? Because I think a lot of people are like, you know, Rob, maybe I just don't have your discipline, you know, I can never look like you, um, you know, so, so really talk us through kind of how you allocate your time to make sure you're getting your workouts in, yeah. getting your meditation in, and you're getting your right macros in.
0: Yep. So important. And one of the, one of the things that I've learned and one of the reasons why I wake up so early is that I want to have a plan for the day. If I don't if I don't plan my day and have a structure for it, someone else will do it for me. So, you know, and sometimes that happens by default. Um, but the more planned out, the better off the better off I am. Uh, and I work with clients all over the United States at all different levels. So, truck drivers. I mean, they have they can say they're pretty limited with what they with what they have access to. Sure you can, you can do it. Like I can do it with my schedule. Anyone can do it. So, you know, I'll I'll try to partition my meals, maybe two to three hours apart from each other. um, so that I can get the most protein assimilation out of that. That's really my biggest, my biggest concern, because like I said, we can store the carbohydrates and unfortunately we can all store fat. Um, but the protein is the biggest thing. So I, I try to partition that about two hours out, Um, my first meal I cook here, that's a fresh meal that I'll cook. Um, my second meal and third meal while I'm with clients is either going to be prepped for me or it comes in the form of a shake. So I'm either taking that and there are all kinds of of food services now that will make your meals based on the macros that you're eating, which is, again, I, I can't stress how important that is, um. Because until you change what goes into your mouth and you follow a macro-based plan, and I'll talk about micros in a second also, but the macro-based plan is going to get you that look that you want. It's never going to change if you're just kind of free feeding. So this is it's all planned out. Um, but you have access now. And if you know what your macros are, even if you get caught, you can literally eat anywhere. So, you know, we have we have the good fortune of of having some amazing restaurants here and people will ask, how do you go out and eat at a restaurant? Man, it's easy. Like we we were out, we were out at a club the other night, uh, a a member's club that my wife belongs to. um, And they had sushi there. So I I asked the guy to to weigh the sashimi for me. I know exactly what I get. I put it into my macro plan. Um, My last meal of the evening, I cooked that meal. I eat that meal probably an hour before I go to bed. And the old adage of, well, you got to stop taking in your calories, you know, three hours before you go to bed is garbage. Your mm-hmm. body doesn't have a timeline. So as long as again, you're following that macro based plan, you're good. You can eat right up to the time you go to bed. You're not going to store it as fat. Your body's going to utilize it. So I still go out. I still enjoy, you know, I might not be eating the, the chocolate chip pancakes that my daughter's enjoying, But, you know, I can get a couple of hard boiled eggs and a cup of black coffee and I'm perfectly happy. It fits into the plan. So that's why I'm up early. I plan everything out. I'm eating two to three hours apart. Shakes can kind of fill in those areas where I'm I'm tight. Um, You know, we're, we're heading down to Orange County this this weekend also for a little bit of a trip. I'll pack my food and I'll take two dry shakers with my protein in it and a carb source in it and a bottle of water. So if I get to the point where I need to eat, I pour the water in, I shake it up, and that's my meal. I don't deviate. I don't miss. Um, I just don't leave it up to chance. It's too important to me.
1: You said you, you want to touch a little bit on micro um, yeah. as
0: well. So everybody pushes macro, macro, macros. And macros are so important. Um, to give you, you know, a, a little story about macros, it just comes down to proteins, carbohydrates, and fats and, and a certain amount of calories and percentages of each macronutrient. So my proteins are the highest macronutrient that I eat. Fats and carbohydrates are secondary to that. You can have a choice of fat-free hot dogs that fits into your macro plan, or you can eat filet. What's a better choice out of the two? going to look the same it's going to deliver the same macronutrient but it's going to help you function at a little bit a little bit higher level the the energy might be a little bit more sustainable so macros are really important with how you look on the outside um and you could really t- t- take it to any extreme that you want if you want to be organic if you want to be vegan you just have to get those macros in micros are the things that really make you healthy on the inside so all those micronutrients um, vitamins, minerals, things like sodium, potassium, magnesium, really, really important for us to get. So what I do with my clients first, you get the macros down because like you said, how do I do it with my schedule? How do I do it with I'm traveling? Like now what do I'm in the airport? What do I do now? You know, there's nothing but these fast food places. Once you hammer that down and you nail it, then you start to change the food choices to micronutrients where you might take in, okay, I need one milligram of iodine a day for optimal thyroid function. How the hell do I get iodine? Well, instead of the the pink Himalayan salt that everybody's, it's so fashionable and sexy now, you buy garbage iodized salt. That's where you get it from. You do cranberry juice and you fit it into your macro plan. Cranberry juice, well, that's 70 calories per cup. We're only taking in a quarter cup but you measure that in potassium, magnesium, it, then it all comes down to food choices. So first I preach macros, then I go to micros, but you need the micros now, especially at our age. It's not, it's not an ego thing anymore. And you touched on that. It's about longevity and it's about being as healthy as we can be. Yeah. So micronutrients are equally as important as macros. Macros will give you the look. Micronutrients are going to keep you, keep you healthy and functioning at an optimal level.
1: Yeah. That, well, that was a, a, a big loaded question I wanted to, <laughs> to, to ask you though, because in all seriousness, you know, and again, not to bring up COVID because it was a real thing. It's devastated a lot of people. There's been a lot of lives lost, right? I am still a bigger believer that a lot of people could have helped themselves fight off the virus by having the right micronutrients within inside the of their body being conscientious of their vitamin D. I mean, it's like what 90% of the people that died were vitamin D deficient. You know, most people people are deficient in magnesium. Right. So why do you just, I'm just curious. Why do you think our society is so fucking sick?
0: Look, man, it it comes down, it comes down to choices. Um, you know, when people, people give to the, they just want to satiate that desire. Like you know, and I'm going through my Instagram feed and it's, it's genius now. Some of these cookie companies, they started going to the bodybuilding shows and they've kind of attached themselves to that. So you think about it now, like, oh, cheat meals. Like I, I've, I've worked hard all week. I deserve a cheat meal. And, and our society has become just one big giant cheat meal. It's, it's terrible, but with covid you think, you know, what is it? It's like an 80% mortality rate, people that are clinically obese. But mm-hmm. now we're, we're saying, okay, get the vaccine and vaccines can be good. And if you do, we'll give you free Krispy Kreme donuts. Right. It makes wow. no sense. Like where, you know, it, where is the prevention in this? Where's, where's the accountability to say, okay, Let's, let's anchor down, teach us about diet, teach us about the proper micronutrients and vitamin D and getting, you know, good sunlight or some good vegetables where we can get that potassium. There's none of that. And it's, it's tragic. It's truly tragic because we're just going in the wrong direction. Um, And still now with these rises in the Delta variant, the Lambda variant, you're still not hearing any of that. You no, and, and my colleagues have been screaming this from the hilltops for decades. It's about accountability and it's about prevention and doing the right things upstream. So when you get to this point, you're galvanized against it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's terrible. And I don't, I don't know why we don't take a stance on that. You know, it, it, we can make argument. I think we have similar, we have similar viewpoints on this. But it's just we're going in the wrong direction. And especially as a society with this stuff, we really are.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, obviously working in healthcare, care, um, I was listening to one of my colleagues give a presentation and he was talking a lot about that my company's huge believers in uh, primary care. Right. The right type of primary care that's all about preventative because the best type of claim you have is the one that doesn't happen. 100%. Right. It's, it's just like, it's one of those things that it, it does, it's sad to watch and it's been sad to see how much life could have been prevented with the proper education. And it just kind of goes through, I've had other guys on here, you know, financial guys, and we talk about the same thing. People don't know how to balance their checkbook. They don't understand what credit is. They understand what good credit versus, you know, or bad debt versus good debt, right? All these yeah. different things. And it's just, it. it sometimes it's, um, you know, I, I feel like I get labeled the conspiracy guy where I'm just like, no, man, well, this is just basic common sense that everybody should know how to treat your body, how to pay your bills, how to leverage your taxes. It's exactly. just common, it's common sense. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I guess it, common sense isn't so common. Um, no. So one of the uh, uh, other things that I wanted to chat about because I thought was interesting and you touched on. Was the walking because I do think that after the meals, this is something that everybody can do, irrespective of your weight, um, any yeah. any type of uh, you know
0: um, shortcomings. So, let's talk about why that's important and what that does for you. Yeah. So the walking the the walking ties into that neat acronym that I said, the non exercise activated thermogenesis, which is really where that ten thousand steps came from, you know, everybody has heard about the 10,000 steps and this insurance company is going to, you know, give me this monitor so that I can get the 10,000 steps. And then I get a free gym membership. That's where it came from. So the the walking is so vitally important in manipulating that basal metabolic rate because you get that 15% change and it comes down to walking, household activities, yard work, shopping, anything that's not exercise. Postprandial or after meals, it becomes so important, and really not so much for you or me, but for those people that are now a little bit insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. So for those larger people that I deal with, so I I, I work with a, a gentleman I was on the and believe it or not, he he's, he just chose not to not to make a move at this point. Um, he doesn't believe that that his condition warrants any type of any type of action, which is beyond me but he has roughly 150 pounds to lose. I mean, so he's in, he's in bad shape. Um, That's the only thing that he can do. That's the only thing he should be doing. Maybe, you know, aquatic therapy, but you're not going to be in the pool three times a day. But the reason you do it postprandial or after meals is because it increases the insulin response. That's why it's so important. It helps shuttle those nutrients into the right cells Um, it's going to increase gastrointestinal motility with the, with the walking. Um, that's why you want to do it post meal, as opposed to just the 30 minute walk, because it increases insulin response because people are, people are at this point, and we talked about it with the, you know, the incidence of obesity in our country. Now people are insulin resistant. And they don't need that response. So that walking after meals helps to heighten that, helps to heighten that response. And it's really easy to do. It's easy to time it to something. Right. It's, you know, I'll talk with candidates on the phone and they'll say, well, like, what if I go out to eat? Okay. So when you're finished the meal, the same as I do with my my wife and my five-year-old, they'll sit there and they might finish the meal as my five-year-old is eating and I walk out. I might give the valet ticket, set my phone for five minutes and walk in one direction. When it hits five, I turn around and come back after the 10, they're ready to roll. We get in the car and we go, I get my 10 minute walk in. So I eat six times a day, but I do the walk three times a day. That's my cardio. Yeah. I don't do cardio. Uh, I would never have guessed that. No.
1: Um, and I, and I or just, you know, just for affirmations, interesting, um, uh, this, this, uh, uh, lady that I know on and through mutual friends and, and she started doing the 75 hard program, but all she's been doing is, is walking twice a day Yep. by day 50, walking twice a day. And I can tell she's eating mostly live raw foods and she's lost 33 pounds in 50 days. I was so proud of her. Just walking just walking 45 minutes twice a day. That was it. That's all. She's not weightlifting. Not uh, Anyway, Nothing. so it just really goes back to just how powerful that can be um, if, if you dedicate time to it. I wanted to get your take because this is so prevalent to in our society, and I know how damaging it can be, but I really want to have you explain it. What do fried foods do to us?
0: Oh, man. They're just – I mean, first of all, why do we need, why do we feel the need to drop a Twinkie rolled in coconut (laughs) and fry it? Like, so we, you know, we talk about opulence, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like at what point do we stop? But it's really, and, and even it comes down to the, to the oil choices. So there are good fats and there are bad fats. So, you know, some good fats, avocado, macadamia nuts, um, you know, the, the the omegas that you get from salmon, all phenomenal fats. The things that we should not have that do not occur in nature are the hydrogenated fats, mm-hmm. you know, like the palm kernel oils. And the, those things are just awful. They are not good in our system and our system does not know how to deal with them they should be eliminated and most of the time they're the cheapest fats most readily available that's what they use in those fryers not good i mean it's just it's just toxic to our system so and most of the time the stuff that they're dropping into that fat also has a, a relative level of toxicity for us we talked about the twinkies and things like you combine the two together i mean it's just it's disastrous So those are the things I just, I stay away from them altogether. Like you just won't, you won't find those hydrogenated oils in my house. We definitely need good fats um, just from a hormonal standpoint alone. So some of those fats are the precursors to those hormones and how they work. You need it. You need cholesterol. So you're going to get that in your animal proteins, but those hydrogenated fats that we find in fried foods, man, it's the devil. It's not. Good for us. We should not have
1: it. Uh, yeah, I I agree. And it's interesting, you know. Uh, uh, again, my wife's educated me so much. But we, we switched. Uh, we, everything that we cook with is all avocado oil. Yep. In our house, you know, you, you'd be proud if you looked at my cupboard. There's no, there's no bullshit going on in there with her. Awesome. You know, so it's just and we like, you know, in Sunday nights we're both busy. She owns her business, right? Um, I work, do the podcast and other stuff. We got the kids and said the the assistants down here um and we so we meal prep sunday night and we we help kind of plan out and she'll even she takes a step further and she does a menu for our family so we know we know what the boys are going to get we know what we're going to have on wednesday night right and then we plan then we have our date night and then even our date night she will do the research on the restaurant beforehand and so she knows exactly what she's eating before we go you know, and she and, and ask even people don't know. Like going back to the oil, I didn't know this, but she'll ask. You know, is that going to be made uh, with when they say olive oil? And she goes, "Well, uh, what percentage?" Yeah. You know, I was like the first time I heard her saying, I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Well, the, they, legally they can put only twenty five percent olive oil, and the rest would be canola oil." And I
0: don't Perfect. want that. And yep. I was just like, "What?" You know. Fantastic, man. You linked up with a good, a good woman. That's great. I did. I did. And again, yeah. And you're, and you're planning all this out because I, I find the biggest pitfall that people get themselves into is when they just don't plan it. And, and it's just then convenience takes over and everything just goes to hell. So even the fact of, of the menu, and I do the same things with restaurants, you know, I'll, I'll look at the menu online. So I'll get an idea of what I can get going into this and I don't have to, encumber everyone else with a million questions at the table. I know exactly what I'm getting. If the salmon there is fresh or if it's farm raised, um, you know, like I I just know. So you really just have to plan this stuff out and you can do it and you don't lose any quality of life once you do this. And, you know, much, much like that woman, she's 50 days in and she's lost 30 some pounds. Was that Mm -hmm. that what you told me? Once you start doing this, you know what? It stings a little bit at first. But once you start seeing the, the positive return on it, why would you stop? Yeah. Like that's And people ask me that, like, well, wait a minute, doc, you don't take a day off? I'm like, no, why would I want to? I mean, I'll take a, a day of recovery from training or I'll take a calculated refeed day where I give myself some extra calories, but why would I want to take a day off from this? Why would I want to be less healthy or less accountable to my purpose? It just makes, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't do that.
1: Yeah, well, maybe that's a a good transition as we kind of start to wind this down a bit into mindset, because yeah. that's the one thing that, you know, my wife's always said, she said, you know, when she when she was training with people, this is a long time ago, several years ago, but she said, you know, when she knew them, this isn't a diet. I'm not putting you on a program. This is a lifestyle. And you have yes. to it has to be that switch of mindset. So maybe talk about how you kind of coach your clients to make that shift.
0: Yeah, the biggest the biggest thing for me and most of the time you know, it's like, and back to, back to healthcare, you know, when people contact the office, they, they have a, they have a problem or a perceived problem. I have back pain. Just get rid of it. I don't care. Just get rid of it. People will contact me now and they'll say, well, I have 40 pounds I want to lose. Can you help me get rid of it? Okay. Well, why, why do you want to get rid of it? Uh, I'm just motivated. It's time. You and I both know motivation goes as mm-hmm. soon as something, and we had this very discussion like geo fencing or a, a, an SEO campaign, something that takes your mind off of it. You forget about it. Yeah. So that motivation goes, it goes to whatever now is more important. So I don't ever tie motivation to those to those changes that someone wants to someone wants to take on i, I link it to purpose so and the easy thing I'll, I'll have them go through a specific exercise with me and i'll say what's your purpose like and i've kind of drilled mine down before i had a family it was to to give love and serve my patients once i had a family they superseded the patients so i'm, I'm still seeing the patients and the clients but my family comes first That is my purpose. Once you anchor into the purpose, everything else becomes really, really easy. So for me, purpose dictates priority. And you have one singular priority. It's not multiple. You have multiple priorities. You don't know which one to do next. Something drops off. So I have one purpose that serves the priority. That priority dictates my actions that never fails. That's not going to change. I'm not going to love my, my wife or my child any less. It's never going to change. So if I'm doing this to be the best father, the best husband, the best role model so that they can see that I'll never, I'll never lose focus of that. That's what I work with, with my clients to try to figure that out. And if they can't, there are a number of exercises that they can, that they can do to nail down that purpose. What is the the priority and the purpose? What's the drive? Why do you want to create this change? It's not just motivation because again, at our age, like it's okay. I still want to look great, but the ego is, is done. Like I'm finished with that. I'm moving on to serve other things. We're not in the clubs anymore. You know, it's, it's done. Those days are finished. So I nail it down to purpose. And once you have that, man, you just can't fail. You don't want to fail. Right. I love it. Yeah. Cause your purpose is bigger than you. hundred percent. And yeah. you have to leverage, you have to leverage that. Um, so, you know, an interesting thing, you know, I used to do this with, with some, some peers of mine, we used to do, we used to do quarterly goals and we would leverage the quarterly goals. So not only do you have the purpose and the drive, but to, but to make that a little bit sweeter, we defined the goal for that period of time And again, you're not chasing after the shiny object, you know, it's again, just to serve the purpose, but to push, to to push your peer group, we would buy a reward that we wanted. So, and substantial things like new furniture. I bought a motorcycle at one point. And if you reach your goals, you get to keep the gift. If you fall short, your accountability partner gets the gift. Yeah. And it has to be purchased before you go into it. So again, you're leveraging things, but Anything that you can do to to create more of an urgency to get there. And once you start and see those changes, you're golden at that point. You don't change. You you don't fall off. You you wouldn't want to. Um, That woman that just lost 30-some pounds in 50 days, she's never going to lose that. Like you're you're just motivated to keep going.
1: Yeah. it's been beautiful. You can see, you can just tell that shift that she's, yes. it's, it, 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 it's, it's clicked here for her. Like, oh, and in the, in the beautiful part, I heard Frisella talk about this, her first day, that was the hardest day, right? Like yeah. every day since then, it's just gotten better. So it's just that whole adage, just got to start, right? But you start, do. you start with intention and purpose, and that'll keep you focused and yep. you've got to show up and execute. Yeah. Um, Rob- That's where
0: you put the, put
1: the marble in your pocket and lean into it, man. Exactly. Uh, Robin, people want to work with you. Where could they uh, connect with you?
0: Yeah. So the best way to do it is through Instagram. So I'm at Barbell Doctor on Instagram. Um, and even if they don't, they can see me there. Like you said, they can see my daily training routines, my nutrition, uh, some of the things that I do to work with mindset. Um, everything is there. That's easy. And I'm, and I'm very, very responsive to that. Or if they can shoot me an email too, at barbelldoctor um, at gmail, barbelldoctor I- at gmail. Perfect. I will
1: post, uh, both of those as email and as Instagram. So if you're watching this on YouTube or, um, if, hopefully if you're, if you're driving weight, but, um, it'll yeah. be in the show notes for the podcast so uh, on all the different channels. So you can scroll right down and connect with Rob. I highly encourage if you're looking to make a shift in your life to get healthy, you need to reach out to him and Rob, any parting words of advice for people?
0: No, man, I think we touched, we touched on everything. And if anybody wants that ebook that I shared with you, they can reach out to me too. I'll certainly, I'll be happy to share that along. Um, you know, like I said, I, I just want to help people and get them on the right, get them on the right track. Um, and if I can help you and we don't wind up working together, great. I mean, I've still helped an individual and that's what that's what this is about. So yeah, um, yeah reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to send send that out. And man, I had, I had a great time. It was a great conversation. Yeah, no, likewise. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad that
1: uh, we were able to connect and I really appreciate your time.
0: Very, very cool. We'll talk soon.
1: All right. Thanks.